welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, marketing strategist and educator. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your nine to five job or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'll be sharing inspiring stories of incredible humans who had the courage to follow their dreams, building their meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to the amazing Valentina Marzola, a transformative empowerment coach and mindset mentor, helping women who feel stuck, insecure and tired of playing small to find their courage to live an abundant, confident and powerful life. But before Valentina manifested her dream life, she was in a totally different space, living a life trapped by insecurities and driven by crippling fear. Stuck in a toxic and abusive relationship, she finally hit the rock bottom in 2014 when she was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. That's when Valentina made a promise to herself that she was going to heal and she became obsessed with learning about the mind. Hard work, commitment and accepting help from others has led her to change the state she was in and she started creating the life of her dreams. Valentina pursued her degree in psychology, trained as a life coach and using her own personal experience, she is now on a mission to facilitate deep transformations in women that empower them to shine bright, share their message to the world and elevate them so they can attract abundance, health, wealth, success and joy. It seems that dreaming big, manifesting, traveling the world and turning obstacles and challenges into new opportunities are not the only things and passions we both share. So I can't be more excited to have Valentina on the show today. So welcome to She Does to Dream podcast. I'm so happy you could join me for this interview. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. This has been an incredible intro. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. You've got really amazing story and history, and I'm sure we're going to talk um, in more details about it. But first of all, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do, and how would you describe yourself or your personality in only three words? Amazing. So I don't know if I can beat your intro, but it's bas- you basically really like described everything about me but I'll say um, I'll just mention it again I'm a transformative empowerment coach and I'm a mindset mentor basically what I do is I help women who are stuck they're very insecure they have a low sense of self-worth they're overwhelmed tired of playing small and I help them to really find this unshakable confidence within and also the courage to then live a powerful and abundant life where they are in control of their reality So what I do is I help them by supporting them on their mindset, their sense of self-worth, their body image, which is always also a big factor, um, their connection with their intuition and healing from deep, uh, deeply ingrained negative beliefs um, that they have, you know, built or they have created over time. And yeah, I work holistically. I work on mind, body, soul at 360 degrees, really to elevate them to then have a ripple effect on all areas of their lives. So this is what I basically do. And three words to describe myself. So um, determined would be one, passionate. I have this um, Greek and Italian blood in me and uh, empathic. Um, These are the three words I would I would choose. I love that. So something I'm always curious about is to hear my podcast guests to talk about their personal story, because now you told us what you do and where you are now. But how did your journey look like to get here? Yes. So it all started after my panic disorder. So um, after my high school, I developed, uh, I started getting panic attacks and these panic attacks quickly moved into a full blown panic disorder. So I had to um, I had to quit, you know, um, my degree. I, I was actually studying biology back then 
in Innsbruck in Austria. And I had to, you know, quit that and move back home, um, back home to Italy and go to therapy. I tried a lot of therapists already and nothing was really helping me. On top of that, I think also due to the fact that I had very low self-esteem, I was a, you know, people pleaser, a perfectionist, an overachiever. I was very stagnant and stuck in a place um, where I didn't see a way out. With this very low sense of self-worth, I also attracted uh, relationships that were not good for me, who were psychologically abusive and toxic, and that kept me very, very small. And I've kept me small for a long period after that. So... Um, It all started with that until I really decided to, you know, when I moved back home to my parents, I met, uh, I mean, I, I found this therapist and he taught me about mindfulness, about meditation, and I um, started healing. It took a long time. It took a lot of commitment, a lot of work because, you know, I wasn't able to do a lot of things due to my panic attacks. It led, you know, it wasn't just panic attacks. It became a panic disorder. So I was stuck in a loop of fear where you're scared, essentially you're scared of being scared. You're scared of having a panic attack. So you live in a constant state of fear. When you wake up, the first thing you think of is, I hope I don't get one today. And sometimes I will get more than one a day to the point that I had to get medication. And then that was a whole journey to get out of the whole medication process uh, after years. And yeah, it was a very, very long journey where I could really see there was this... Um, side of me this adventurous determined side of me um like at the age of 15 for example I went on an expedition I was um in India with a famous explorer and we did a whole exploration and it, it it was hard to get to be selected to be part of this expedition and this journey so uh, I went from a 15 year old who was you know traveling and very you know excited about life and working on really big projects to being at 19, being scared of even entering a train or just entering a club because of the loud music, or I couldn't even just leave my house if the temperatures outdoors were too hot or too cold because anything would trigger a panic disorder. So seeing this transformation into being, you know, empowered to being crippled by fear and stuck and not seeing a way out has been very, very shocking to me. The moment I healed, I realized how incredible our brains are and what our minds can do. I mean, my mind was able to take me from this, you know, empowered, young, overachieving girl who was great at school, had great friendships, was traveling, great health, amazing family to completely not seeing that anymore and completely losing myself um, along the whole way. And when I found out, you know, about the mind, I was like, this is this is it, you know, I mean, if this, this is the power of the mind, then I want to help other people do the same. And that's when I, you know, I, I left the abusive relationship. I um, started modeling, um, doing all the things that I truly wanted to do. And then got nice and slowly more confident um, back into get, being more confident to getting my psychology degree. And I actually never looked back from there. Once I finished my psychology degree, I did a few, you know, internships around um, uh, some in hospitals, some in greater companies. And then I just went for the route I always wanted to go for, which is being my own boss, uh, being a life coach and empowering women who have been or feel stuck in, you know, in a place of insecurity to really take control over their life because they have that possibility. It's all available to them. So yeah, this is basically what led me to, to this. It's amazing to hear your story and it's really scary. Some of, some of the experiences and obviously situations you had to face. What do you think actually healed you the most? Um, I don't believe it was the medication only. No, exactly. It definitely wasn't the medication, especially because I wasn't pro the medication in the first place. So I was around 18, I was 19 and I was like, no way, I don't want to be a 19 year old on, you know, um, on antidepressants or the drugs they give you for panic attacks. I was like, mm, that's not what I want to, you know, what I want to be. However, um, I was obviously looking for a treatment and all the experts out there they were recommending for sure therapy, like talking therapy, but they were also recommending medication. So of course I had that um, pressure from all the experts out there talking as well with my parents and, you know, 
my family wanted the best for me and they're like everyone out there we've we've you know found the best of the best they're all saying that it's a combination of talking therapy plus the medication to get you to a point that you can actually absorb the therapy so I was like okay whatever um it was my I remember my mom would place the pills every morning on the breakfast table I would never take them until one day I touched rock bottom and I was like you know what I think it's time for me to just give up um this kind of part of me that wants to you know save myself and I don't need medication you know it was a bit of that part that came up and I was like forget that take it um experts might know better but one thing I told myself is I'm gonna take them as if it's vitamin c so I'm not going to as if it's just you know it enters my body it exits my body I'm doing it for because that's what they're telling me to do but I'm never going to place all my hope in this pill so I've taken this pill with a whole different mentality. I didn't take it like this is life or death. This is what's going to save me. There's saving qualities in this pill that are going to take me that are going to take me out of this disorder. I've seen it as an addition, as something that I didn't even consider. In the morning, I would take it as if I would be taking my supplements. That's it. So I think that this is also what really helped me because I was also worried of being addicted to stuff. I was just I didn't want that. However, um, I think this is also truly why I didn't see that. I mean, you know, medication, they might have, must have done something. I'm not saying that they're not helpful. You know, they must have done something. But I can say personally that for me, it was the meditation. And the greatest thing that healed me was acceptance. Acceptance of the situation I was in and accepting the actual process of a panic attack. Another thing was education, knowing what was happening in my body. I always thought I was wrong. I was broken. Something was, you know, I was losing touch with reality. And uh, once I understood the whole science behind it and what happens to my body when I have a panic attack and the possible reasons and also understanding that if I accept the situation rather than actual, which is really scary, you know, I mean, your heart is racing and you cannot feel your legs or your arms and you're, you're, you have no saliva in your mouth, everything's dry, you're bloated, you feel like you're going to die, you can't breathe. However, um, in that situation to learn to see the situation as it is like my heart is racing instead of like my heart is racing and I will die. So I had to really detach myself from, you know, all what my mind was entering, this loop of fear my mind was entering and seeing the actual symptoms as sci like scientifically, you know, as the symptoms that they are. It was difficult, but I guess with my therapist and with the meditation and this learning and accepting of the situation I'm in, um, in the end, um, helped a lot, you know, what you, what, what you resist persists. And I was resisting the panic attacks. I didn't want them. I was running away from them. I would panic. The moment I would sit still with the panic attack, that's when things started to shift for me. And that's when I found my power. This is absolutely incredible. And, um, it's amazing. Um, all the most of the guests I have, uh, most of the women I have on the podcast, um, they share one thing in common that it's the hardship. It's hitting the rock bottom to actually transform and find the light and find that power you just talked about. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's very inspiring uh, for a lot of people because I think especially now with uh, the COVID-19 um, lockdown and and all the kind of the shift, uh, uh, the problems that are going on around the world, I think we as a society and uh, humans, we are hitting the rock bottom, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going through something completely different yeah. right so now. I'm, I'm sure something amazing and better, greater and positive is hopefully going to come out, out of all this. 100%. So going back to your childhood, I know that um, you were growing up in a multicultural family and you've got uh, lots of different um, heritage um, kind of flowing in your blood. Um and living in several different countries as well can be a big advantage, but it can also present itself with lots of challenges because it's lots of new beginnings, lots of unknowns. So are you the type of person that sees challenges as obstacles or new opportunities? Definitely new opportunities, because I think that anything in life happens for a reason. 
And many times we do not realize that this is a greater reason. So I often say this um, a lot. It's that your test is your testimony. So I believe challenges are there as new opportunities. They are a proof of how strong we are. So we wouldn't be able to know how strong we are, how resilient we are. We wouldn't be able to measure that without these obstacles. They are there to prove to us, wow, I manage this as well. Like, I'm, you know, I can do this. So um, I think obstacles, I, I often see obstacles like bricks. I think bricks are very versatile. You can definitely use the obstacle like a brick and say, okay, I create this massive block, this massive wall in front of me with all these, with all these bricks. Or I can take the brick and create a little step or make a ladder out of it or make something that protects me. So you can, you can I think obstacles, it's, it's a lot about um, your mindset around it. That's why I love doing mindset work as a mindset mentor, because, you know, it's about the perspective. It's about the way you want to see things in your life. And if obstacles, if you see, your, if you, see um, you know, a challenge as an obstacle, it's going to be an obstacle. And you're never going to see away from that. But if you see your challenge as an opportunity, you open your mind and you're going to be more receptive to seeing those opportunities. It doesn't work. It starts with you. It starts with how you want to see things because there are opportunities out there. You can choose. Do you want to see them or do you just not want to see them at all? So I believe it's definitely always new opportunities. I'm not saying challenges are easy. They're not supposed to be, but it's an opportunity for us to first know how strong we are and to, to proof, it's our proof of power. And um, also it's uh, versatile. We choose what we can do from it. We can use it as a, a stepping board. We can use it as a trampoline that pushes us forward. So I see that as definitely new opportunities, I would say. And I love the analogy you used um, when you compare the obstacles to building blocks or bricks, because they are exactly not just things that are in our way, but you can use that to build something and get over it. So exactly. that's absolutely beautiful. Exactly. I never heard that before. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. So it seems that building your business and helping and empowering women to live a purposeful and abundant life is your dream come true from, you know, what you just said. So how do you personally turn things on your dream vision board to reality? Wow. So Yes, 100% what I'm doing now, it truly is. It truly is my dream come true. I often have to pinch myself because it's something I wanted for so long, but somehow my confidence never really allowed me to get there. I always thought I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't um, good enough for it, not smart enough, all sorts of things my brain would tell me. So now when when I'm you know helping these women, I'm supporting these women, I see them flourish, I see them elevate, I see them take up that space that they always deserved. It's just the most beautiful feeling. So definitely living the dream. Um, for me, when you ask, um, you know, how I turn dreams on my vision board to reality, when I was um, 15, my mom gave me a book called The Secret. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer of manifestation, the law of attraction. So I learned it at the age of 15. So before I was, um, I mentioned this expedition I went on when I was 15, my mom gave me this book and, you know, it was a hard expedition to be part of. It was hard to... Um, like be selected because thousands of young people were uh, wanting to be part of this incredible project. So I decided, well, you know, the secret was so empowering. I read this book and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. And the first time I tried it was um, exactly um, for this, for this expedition. And from then on, I've always, I mean, I was selected. I was the first Italian to ever be selected. I mean, I came from this little island. I was like, ah, they won't even see me actually. But then I fully you know committed to this um to this manifestation process and the law of attraction and I got selected and then I passed the first um selection process in Switzerland and then I moved to the next selection process and I was selected to go to India so for me I was like okay there is there this is this is the real deal um so there I I would say I started learning about manifestation it always been part of me sometimes I would maybe lose connection to it and then find it again but for me, turning my dreams into, into reality is um, by believing that I am the creator of my reality. I once saw my dreams as something that I was kind of needed luck for things to happen. Like, oh, if, um, you know, I wish I could be that. But, it, you know, I, I put everything on the external. This has to happen or maybe this has to happen. I never really saw that I am the one who can control it. If I have a dream, I can go after it. I can create my own reality. 
So I believe that my outer world reflects my inner world. And I believe that my disorder taught me that because I was in a complete different space when my inner world was destroyed, when inside I felt little and I felt worthless. My external world reflected that. My relationship reflected that. The way I was seeing myself reflected that. My health was reflecting that. And now, you know, being empowered and confident and having healed these these wounds, I really see that my outer world has truly is reflecting my inner world right now. So I believe that once you know that you're in control, once you couple the law of attraction with the law of action, it's not just like, oh, um, I really want this. Let me stand behind it energetically. It's about also doing something. So when you wake up, of course, you can tell yourself, what you're grateful for and you can tune into the energy of you know having that I don't know dream job that dream relationship that dream car whatever it is that you want however um, if you do not couple it with some action it's just not going to happen so to me I believe in in this great balance of law of attraction coupled with the law of action and also another thing I do to you know bring my vision to reality is I ask myself what would my higher self or my highest self do right now so I ask myself the the version of me who doesn't have these limiting beliefs the version of me the highest version of me that that works from a place of abundance of love of fulfillment of prosperity what would she do and then that kind of makes it that kind of takes me out of my head and back to my vision and also redirects me to where I want to go so these, I would say, are the main key points for me to, you know, to move towards dreams into reality. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love these practices. It's something that I um, personally practice in my own life. And um, obviously, a lot of people have their own um, tools and rituals. Um, but um, I totally agree that from what you say, like women especially I think women, uh, we find always way to kind of make excuses and blame our external circumstances for not being able to create that dream life. And as you said before, we kind of blame in on luck it's like a lottery ticket but um, exactly it um it is not like if you look around um at and kind of um research how all the successful and you know rich abundant people got to where they are now it's through work (laughs) and to taking action and then you know like learning educating and improving and which takes me to the next question um, because as a transformational life coach do you believe that our transformation and you know making our dreams to um, turn into reality um, does it come from working more hustling and achieving our goals or do you believe that often we just have to pause surrender and allow our inner intuition to guide us to really listen to you know that golden voice in our heart yes I love that term the golden voice I love this question you know it's um I love I love it because it's this power of the feminine and the masculine energy so the masculine energy would be the hustling the achieving your goals the in your head kind of work and then the feminine would be the pausing the surrendering the allowing to listen to your intuition and the embodiment more like moving in from your head into your body so I believe that it's a balance of both. I've um, really have uh, worked a lot and also researched a lot about feminine and masculine energy, which is like energies that are in all of us, regardless of gender. Just wanted to make that clear. But um, I've researched a lot about it and I've also seen it on myself that I believe, I truly believe that the power lies in the balance of the two. I don't think you can go anywhere without the working and the doing after your goals. But as women, especially, I think it's so important to tap into also the feminine part of things, to be in a state of flow, to get into our bodies, to connect with something way wiser than our minds, which is our body. Our body holds so much information, but we do not even know how to kind of listen to that and how to tune into that. So I would say like the most important thing is a balance to know when you should push and to know when you should surrender. That's like the, I think that's the golden recipe for things it's it's um you know often we like I think a lot of us have this hustling and achieving our goals due to society and how we've been socialized 
as like our main energy and it's very dominant. So I, I, I do think that it's super important to also put as much um, importance to the whole pausing and surrendering, which a lot of people see as weak, as lazy. No, that's not it. Like pausing and surrendering is super powerful because it's, it's like you've done the work and now you believe in something greater. You let your inner intuition, you let your the flow of life guide you. And you stand by it energetically. It's this. It's it's incredibly powerful because you seem to have this this trust to the greater picture. And if you do 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 do, and you're only in your head, and you only think like logically and all that stuff, I mean, it's great. Maybe it's going to get you to a certain point, but it can also lead you to burnout. I mean, if you only do do do, you you you're at a certain point. There's going to be a point where you need to surrender, where you need to let go, where you need to detach. Because that's what also makes everything so much more fun, so much more enjoyable. If now you would constantly like be attached constantly to every single outcome in your life, you're kind of let, let, letting the external control you again. Whereas if you let yourself, you know, if you surrender to the outcomes and you start enjoying the process, then, you know, you can really fully, fully em em embody your journey and enjoy it as well. So I think especially as female entrepreneurs, I truly believe there is this whole aspect that we have completely neglected and forgotten, which is the surrendering part, the intuition. And that's what I love to do with my clients. A lot of them op like operate from their minds and operate in a very logical way. I should do this, I should do that. A lot of shoulds. And often they forget because they operate from their minds and from the external, they forget they have an intuition. They forget they have a very wise voice within them that speaks to them all the time which tells them essentially what they truly desire, but they're kind of forgotten to listen to that, often do things to please others and end up exploding in the end, touching rock bottom, not liking it, and being completely dis you know, disappointed in the way they live their life and also completely drained energetically because they're just not doing anything for themselves because they've always neglected that true deep inner voice, that, that golden voice, that you, like you said. So yeah, I believe it's the power of balance in this question for sure. It uh, kind of reminds me from what you said of the quote, we have to slow down to speed up. <laughs> oh, I love that. Love that quote. And, and you are talking about the female entrepreneurs and because you are a female entrepreneur with your own business. Um, if you could take us behind the scenes of your business, what drives you personally? Is it fear of failing or your desire to succeed? Um, this would be the desire to succeed. And that's because... Fear of failing can be a driver, possibly, but I think that mostly in my clients and in myself, it's actually an inhibitor. I have rarely seen fear of failing being that big of a driver. I mean, I definitely believe pain can be a huge driver, but fear for me, I don't know, I see fear as something that you're scared of, right? When you are in fight or flight mode, like, of course you can fight, but in, long, in the long term, is that sustainable? I feel like um, fear is, is when we're scared of something. However, pain can definitely be a big driver because you're like, I don't want to feel that pain anymore. So this is what's going to fuel me. So I would say the desire to succeed um, because uh, fear usually blocks me. It makes me feel small. Fear is something that never has really pushed me. Um, the desire to succeed has. The bigger vision definitely has. Seeing what, you know, how the feeling of having accomplished something, that's what fuels. And a lot of people, you know, there's this saying that like, there's this thing about motivation. A lot of people think that motivation comes out of the blue. Oh, I need to be motivated to do this. But actually motivation comes from action. You first have to take the action, then you're fully gonna feel motivated. A lot of people wait for that motivation. Well, motivation is not gonna just come out of the blue and pop out of nowhere. You need the action. And when you do some sort of action, you will realize, wow, I like this feeling and that motivates you to take more action. So the desire to succeed 100% because it's the greater picture. It's that feeling of success, of achievement that pushes you forward in the long term. Fear of failing, I believe, is more of an inhibitor in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, which um, actually takes me to the next question, because do you think that women in general are more often scared of their own power and that success and their potential um, than they are of failing? Because it seems to me that failure is, like you said, heavily imprinted in our lives from our childhood, and we used to it a bit more than we are to standing in our light and power and authenticity 
Yes, I totally agree that we're not um, we're not really socialized that um, to stand in our light and be authentic. It's of, often um, misinterpreted as arrogant or too much. You know, I I do believe that we have this um, too good to be true mentality that we then self sabotage our growth and tell ourselves, you know we tell ourselves stuff so that it doesn't happen. So um, Gay Hendricks talks about this in his book, The Big Leap. I don't know if you know it, but he talks about this upper limit problem, which is a mechanism of self-sabotage. And it's almost the brain subconscious way of ensuring that we stay in our safe zone, in our comfort zone. And it's practically when you have, you've, let's say, for example, you've got your dream job that you've always wanted and you tell yourself, this is too good to be true too good to be true I bet I'll get sick on the day of my of my first day of of the job and they'll fire me stuff like that you know and I think this is when we tell ourselves these these thoughts just random thoughts even the most weirdest irrealistic thoughts come up and it happens because we're not accustomed to feeling good for long stretches of time so our mind sees us as something foreign and as something potentially dangerous And what happens is that we self-sabotage. So we think constantly, oh, this is too good to be true. This is too good to be true. On a subconscious level, we keep telling ourselves for sure something will happen for sure. Like, and then bam, you get sick on that day because your cortisol levels were so high. You've constantly stressed yourself. You didn't enjoy the process. You didn't even, you know, you, you, you didn't give yourself the chance to, to, to be proud of yourself, to enjoy it. And you got sick. And then what happens? You tell yourself, oh, I knew it's going to happen. I knew it. See, I told, I see, I always said that. And that's a problem. And then you feed into that. And that's just a form of self-sabotage. So um, he explains that really, really well in his book, The Big Leap. And I think that 100% resonates. A lot of people are scared of their own success, are scared of their own potential. And a lot of people are also, at the beginning, when I thought about this, I was like, no, I'm not scared of like success. I want to be successful. But at the, uh, if you really look at things at a deeper level, often we're scared that we cannot sustain the amount of success, the finances, the amount of clients. We're like, oh, I'm not ready to have that many clients. I'm not ready to have that much money, pay that much amount of taxes um, and deal with all the accounting stuff or the finances behind behind greater money. So it's a form to keep us kind of safe, keep us in our comfort zone. I think for there's this notion, this idea that we we thrive in comfort we look for comfort instead of happiness, but actually it's, it's, it's not like that. We want to be happy. However, our brain is always going to bring us um, to the comfort part. It's just, it's a mechanism to keep us safe, to keep us alive. So um, I believe that if you fear success, however, you also kind of fear failure and kind of fear rejection. So I do think that there is all the below the fear of success and, fear of you know your potential and your power there is also the fear of like everyone laughing at you being seen more so people have more stuff to to criticize you about so I think they go really hand in hand however like you said it really seems that failure is heavily imprinted and the other side of things is still unknown territory for so many people so I think it's a it's you know, it's a bit of both. I see, I, I see a lot of fear of rejection, a fear of failure within the fear of success. That's beautifully said. And um, as a therapist getting inside women's head, what do you feel are the top three limiting beliefs or blocks that can hold us back from living our dreams? What do you believe is the main cause behind it? Yes. So I think judging by the clients that I have, so judging by my clients and what I have experienced is, um, with women big limiting beliefs are number one would be I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough I'm not pretty enough whatever you want to put in between of you know not and enough um so that's a big one never having the qualities needed to be enough to really live your dream the second one would be I don't have what it takes huge thing again not having you know I I don't come from this or that rich family I don't have this kind of education yeah but she has all the right friends or he has all of these opportunities and I don't so I don't have what it takes and the third would third one would be who am I to try this out like I don't deserve this who am I to be living this dream life do I I don't deserve this the main cause I see in these three limiting beliefs that are in the end the kind of basis 
of all limiting beliefs from my clients is low sense of self-worth. Simple, low sense of self-worth. They do not feel worthy of success, of being seen, of taking up space, of having that loving, beautiful relationship, of being respected. They do not believe they're worthy. And, you know, a bit from their previous experiences, a bit from trauma, also how we've been socialized of never having enough, also from a, from a physical perspective, never looking good enough and seen as these, uh, as, as, you know, objects almost of, 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 of pleasure and having to always look good and be great and not talk too much, but still be, you know, always available and be all these different expectations we have as women. I think, uh, we just cannot keep up because they're just unrealistic. And then I find that there's a big low. There's the the big issue at the bottom. Of all of this is um, self worth, and that's why I love working on self worth and on confidence with my clients. Because I think it all goes back to being confident and feeling worthy of having success, of earning money, of having a loving relationship, of living where you truly want and living the dream life you always wanted to. I believe that's the that's kind of like let's say the top three limiting yeah. beliefs or blocks. And it's really powerful um, that you talk about the self-worth because self-worth is um, one of the essential or key ingredient in successful manifestation. So I see lots of people, you know, are at, at the moment, it's just so big and popular. They are big on manifestation and they are using manifestation to... Uh, turn their dreams into reality but somehow it's not happening for them and it's really just going back to the level of self-worth because obviously if your self-worth is really low you can't be attracting really big dreams and successes can you absolutely absolutely I think that's the base like you're yeah. saying things are not working and then you look at the bottom and they just don't believe they deserve it yeah subconsciously yeah. and consciously so yeah then it cannot manifest if you believe you're not worthy for it if you're not ready for it if you're not receptive yeah and if someone listening right now can identify with uh, one of these three limiting beliefs or even the root the self-worth and they are ready to release them, obviously, why would you hold on to them? Do you have any practical advice, tools or techniques to help people get started and start working through these limiting beliefs and improving your self-worth? Absolutely. So if, you know, any listener is identifying to the limiting beliefs I mentioned above, well, you're doing great already because it means you are aware of it. So the first thing is awareness, okay? Awareness is key. If you cannot identify limiting belief, then it's always going to be roaming it there around your subconscious and it's never going to be, you're never going to be able to work on it and it's going to just be kind of the reason, it's going to practically fuel your decisions and the things you do in your life. So you're at an amazing point if you could identify yourself with one of these beliefs and you can only let go of something if you notice things um, in the first place, if you are aware of them. So first one, I would say awareness. Second, I would say once you are aware, well, you want to let go of them, right? You want to work on it. So number one, I always, always say, and I always will say is to get yourself a coach. And this is because I wholeheartedly believe that some, you know, I, I, I believe that that's obviously why I do what I do, but I believe that we need, um, to have this mirror. We need to speak. We need to open up. We need to dream big. And also we need to fully be able to go back to those limiting beliefs and work through them and it's really really hard to do this on your own um, with just your mind against your mind kind of battling it all within your head it's important to put things out there it's important to communicate like just by talking there is so much power in that so much healing that can be done through talking now if you cannot financially get yourself a coach some coaches I for example do this I offer single sessions so those are obviously financially the less you know they're, they're less expensive than a longer program so a lot of coaches offer that and if you already have your limiting belief that's amazing because then you can really work on a session with that and then create an action plan of how to move forward if that's not possible too then um, you know if that is out of reach for you right now then journaling is really an amazing tool it is like coaching yourself um is there, i don't think i've found any other tool where you can really break through things as much as like putting pen to paper um, meditation is great. It's amazing. But when you want to release something, when you want to work through things, you need to find clarity. You want to understand where they come from. Then journaling is really, really great to dig deeper into why you feel this way. So what I would recommend is a great starting point is to sit down with this limiting belief and write down 
what is what are the pros and cons of these beliefs and you'll be thinking like well there's no pros of course it's all cons they're all consequence of this belief for sure believe me if you've stayed in this belief if you've lived through this belief for such a long time then there have been things that you've been gaining from this belief often it's comfort it's safety it's loads of things once you see this list and you really work through it and you see, wow, this is what, what, what I was gaining from this belief and this is what I'm actually losing, what I'm, these are the consequences of this belief, a lot of things are just going to be clear. And from then you can work on you know, creating new beliefs. Um, it's not easy on your own. As I said, um, there are a lot of great coaches out there, but journaling would already take you really to a good point of understanding what is happening. Link that with awareness and you're going to be able to create also um, greater change on the daily, in your daily life, because you're going to be more aware once you've, you know, found clarity around all of that. Through your work, you inspire a lot of women to live their best life ever. Um, but who has inspired you the most in your personal and professional life? Wow. Okay. So this is very difficult because I cannot really pinpoint one person because I've had incredible people in my life. Like a lot of people have inspired me and helped me along the way. It's really, really hard to say. My family is absolutely my greatest support system. I have incredible friends and along the years, I'm working as well on my self-worth. I've all, I haven't settled for less than really amazing people around me. I have an incredible support system that I'm so blessed and so grateful for. I have people who truly support me, truly love me, truly respect me all along the way when I was ill up to, you know, now where I'm doing great. And the people who moved away, um, you know, I'm grateful for that as well. The people who haven't been there when I was ill and or, or who, you know, haven't stayed or weren't um, turned out not to be right people for me. I think that's all it all leads you to also understanding who the real important people are in your life. I mean, professionally. I love, you know, there's so many experts out there. I love the work of uh, Brene Brown and Joe Dispenza, Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, Marie Forleo, there's so many. Um, and in my personal life, as I said, friends and family. But one thing I really want to mention in here is my clients, because my clients are really, my. I honestly, I, I admire them so much. They are my, my fuel to see them. Like my clients really put themselves through a lot of work. They really want to change their life. And to me, seeing that, it's my greatest inspiration because they prove to me every day that if you are willing to, if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to look at things from just a slightly different perspective, if you're willing to try things out and to go for a, something greater and not just dwell on like your current situation and look forward and step into your real power, acknowledge, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses and really, really step into that power, be courageous and be confident. You can achieve anything in your life and also enjoy it and fall in love with yourself along the way. It doesn't have to be the most difficult thing in the planet. This should be enjoyable. It's your life, but you're turning your life into your greatest, your greatest dream. And so my clients are my inspiration because I see like in front of me, these incredible transformations on the daily and I see how hard they work. I see it when they send me a message of a breakthrough. I see them when they have their lows and their downs. So I'm inspired by my clients. They, they show me truly and keep on proving to me that it's all possible. I love that, that um, you kind of highlight your clients as one of your biggest inspirations because um, you obviously start your business to help them uh, to start with, but then they are the ones who inspire and motivate you to grow and to help and share and give and serve even more. So that's exactly. really powerful. And um, I guess we, lots of times we kind of... Uh, want to set up our own business as a vehicle of change and transformation and making impact in the world and kind of uh, um, build or create a legacy in our life. So if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Wow. So I think it's a big one. For, <laughs> it's a big one. Definitely. So I think it's really funny because in my human design, I don't know if you know human design. No. But in my human, it's a Oh my God, I'm not a human design expert, but it's really interesting. You should all oh. go look into human design. Okay. It's a, a, 
it's very interesting. It's practically tells you what you are designed for in your life. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a mix between astrology and loads of other practices. I don't want to say wrong things here, so I'm I just going to leave that. it to human yeah. design. <laughs> uh, my human design is um, I'm the manifesting generator. So I had a reading on that and I'm the, the design type I am in is the manifesting generator. And she was set, telling me that from, you know, all my birth chart and everything that I am a resurrector. So I lift people up resurrection is like you know when bring people back from the dead i mean I, i it's not that i'm bringing people back from the dead but i make them feel alive again people who are broken bringing them back up to life so bringing people back to life essentially now what i would like to be remembered for is simply to help people for paving the way for change for helping people to see their power that's what i would love to be remembered for to know that like a person who have been broken who have been lost who had no hope actually was able to turn everything around and be the most powerful they've ever been ever in their life before and that um it is possible it's not set in stone it's not that once you are you have struggled this is how your life has to be for the rest of your life so i think just um i would love to be remembered to you know make people feel alive make them feel from broken to alive and that every single thing they desire and they think of is possible for them and to truly pave the way for that. And of course, an, another thing I'd love to be remembered for is just an inspiration for greater good, you know, spreading love, kindness, respect. Um, I think this is also very, very important to be an inspiration, a light for others to also see um, the good in themselves. I think that um, when you when you do good, you also help people to see the good in themselves as well. So... I think, yeah, to put that all together, these are the two things I'd love to be remembered for. Simple, yet very powerful. And um, and we all need that. We all need your work. So Thank you so much. And I'm very intrigued by the human design thing. So <laughs> Absolutely. You need to go yeah. have a look at that. It's definitely, incredible. Definitely. And um, finally, a question I ask all my podcast guests. What's your favorite mantra or affirmation you live by that keeps you motivated to dare to live your dreams? You know, I switch affirmations around a lot because it depends on what situation I'm in in my life. But I would say, I've mentioned this before, I'm the creator of my reality is the way I see things. Um, the fact that I am in control and not to place my kind of future on on the external or to, to in the hands of luck, for me is extremely empowering. But then I think another one that I absolutely love when you are in a place of maybe insecurity or you're, especially me, coming from this... Um, you know, past of panic disorders and being constant fear is I am safe. I'm supported. I'm supported by divinity, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, but I'm safe and I'm supported. I'm on my own path and I'm doing things on my own time. I think this is also very like a, a mantra that I love because um, sometimes there's this whole aspect of, like I mentioned before, of surrendering, of letting go that we're not used to. We are kind of used to just the doing and the control and the control and the control. And to say that you're supported, just it just feels so, it just feels so, I don't know, it feels, you feel so much lighter when you know that actually everything here is happening for a reason and for a greater purpose. I truly believe in the universe. So for me to, you know, know that I'm supported has, has been really a big, has created a big change for me. But I have so many. I have, I'm worthy of receiving, you know, I'm enough. Uh, I believe in my dreams and I won't stop until they're my reality. So many, but I would say, <laughs> let's choose one. I'm the creator of my reality is the one that fits to this podcast because that's essentially what we're talking about, right? We're talking about creating a dream life and I'm the creator of my reality is empowering. And I love, this is what I love about this whole podcast. I just, these conversations, I just, I just love them because um, I love talking about bringing your ideas or visions into life. And so this is why I think this, this is the right <laughs> affirmation, I would say. Oh, I love that. It's just so beautiful. And um, yeah, I totally agree that the mantras and affirmation can change based on where you are in your life. I have so many as, as you. Exactly. But I, okay, I think yeah. for, for this year, I always create like a dream vision board. Um, 
kind of uh, sprinkled with some mantras and affirmation, which is kind of decorates my bedroom wall. So that's the first thing I see in the morning when I wake up and last oh, thing I, I see that. when I go to bed. So it's kind of like my wall mural. Uh, but uh, I think wow. I, I was surprised. I, it wasn't intentional, but for, for this year, somehow the main theme was the word of love. And I, wow. I think it's really appropriate and really fitting for, for this season. Um, it truly love is. is the answer or yeah, answer to everything as the bridge between you and everything you, you desire. So I, lo- I love the Absolutely. affirmations. Thank you so much. And I love the idea of that wall. I need to think about <laughs> doing something similar. I love that. I love that idea <laughs> for the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that for, for a year, but it's kind of like, um, because obviously that's what you do. Like you start, you know, like the new year with fresh ideas and kind of clarity yes. and a vision for the year. But to be honest, I um, I also kind of teach my clients to do these dream vision boards throughout the year whenever you're stuck as well and you are in a cross crossroads. And I had a lot of feedback from people kind of using the dream vision board and then the following steps like part of some manifestation and taking action um, uh, throughout the year but I, I typically do it like on a yearly basis and refresh that uh, the the design the visuals every year yeah wow that's really powerful theme. I love it's that. a theme I love vision boards yeah <laughs> amazing all right well we reached the end of um, our interview and I just can't thank you enough for joining me today. Honestly, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing all your wisdom, inspiring not only me, but I'm sure there's been lots of people um, listening to the podcast who would like to take the next step and get into the action. And so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really my pleasure to be here and I can't thank you enough for interviewing me and um, this 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 passed so quickly so I could speak about this forever so I love also what your podcast is about so thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me here I'm really grateful well I hope you enjoy this episode of she dares to dream podcast if you loved it as much as I did make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest this week. You can check it out at michaelaoleksova.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. And until then, have an awesome week.